0: Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena.
1: Hey, welcome to the Impact Hour. I am John, and today we're going to be talking about managing in a crisis. There are a lot of folks due to the recent fires who are in a crisis, And many of you living in this area might be helping those who are in a crisis. And today, I'm going to be talking about both sides. If you're in a crisis, how do you manage that? What are some things you can do to make the experience a little better? And and, then if you are helping others, how can you make that as impactful as possible? This is the Impact Hour, of course, and we're all about making a big impact in the world and this is a perfect time to be out there and to make an impact. And in a way, all the things that I talk about on this show are going to be applying to this situation to make the biggest impact that you can and to manage yourself in the crisis and to apply all the things that I've been talking about. So this is kind of where it actually gets really practical. So I've been in crisis myself, and... Uh, in 89, I believe that's the right year, we had a pretty big earthquake and uh, our house collapsed in the earthquake. Luckily, I wasn't in the house and uh, everyone in our family uh, was okay, although my mom did get hurt a little bit. Um, but we were homeless for a while and the house had collapsed, and so we were in a crisis. And so I got to experience a little bit about what it's like to be in crisis. And then from that experience and from all the things that I teach, I'm going to be drawing on all of that today when I share about managing in a crisis. So for me, during the earthquake, there were a number of things uh, with the way things went. So things were helpful and some things were not so helpful. So I just kind of wanted to start out by sharing my experience through that. So initially when the earthquake had happened, uh, we didn't have a home to go to and we kept being kind of bounced around from house to house. We didn't have a stable place to stay. So we'd stay at one person's house for a little bit and then another person's house for a little bit. Um, And I found that to be pretty unsettling. Not knowing where I might stay for the next week or the next day was made, made it kind of harder. It was like, I don't, I don't, I'm going through this crisis, and I don't even know where I'm going to be staying. And, uh, and I'll, I'll relate all this to, to today's crisis, what's going on now uh, as well. And by the way, whatever I'm talking about today is not just for this crisis, uh, but it should apply to any, any sort of crisis that you encounter. Either you're in it or you're trying to help somebody through it. So during the earthquake or right after, I had my car and the clothes on my back. That's what I had. And uh, I was not in the most resourceful state, telling you, just, you know, normal thought process just wasn't quite happening for me. Um, I just, you know, had a hard time thinking through things, and uh, my mind was just kind of in a daze, and, uh, you know, just had a hard time, you know, just doing the kind of going about the normal kinds of things during the day and uh, had a hard time kind of considering, you know, solutions to the problem I was in and uh, could really have used and was able to use a lot of help from those who were, were there at the time who were, were pretty helpful. And one of the things that I found very helpful is when someone stepped in and said, uh, hey, why don't we go do this? You know, why don't we go get some, some dinner or why don't we go get some clothes because it looks like you need some clothes. I found that to be pretty helpful people have said, hey, let me know if you need anything. That wasn't so helpful because I didn't know. I didn't know what I needed. <laughs> I was not thinking straight. I was uh, not in the most resourceful state. You know, I thought to be, well, I got the clothes on my back. I guess I'm okay with clothes and really could use some more clothes. And, uh, you know, could have used a stable place to stay, but at that point I was just happy to be in any place and didn't realize the impact of moving around, what that was like. So when people stepped in and said, hey, I noticed this, how about if I help in this way, that kind of help was really helpful. Uh, just step in and, uh, and, and provide what they see is needed rather than asking me what I need. So we ended up in a house for a while. We stayed there for a number of months. It was uh, much more stable. But it turned out it was right next to some train tracks. Train tracks went right through the backyard. And, of course, we had just experienced this, this very uh, devastating earthquake at the time. And uh, the train would go by and shake the house. And all of us would jump up and go, wow, oh, man, you know, what? Again, here it comes again, you know. And, uh Turned out that place wasn't quite as helpful as it could have been. It was stable, but that train was a problem. <laughs> um, so that wasn't great. Uh, people brought uh, pre-prepared food, which was, which was awesome. You know, just put it in the oven, just put it in the microwave and fix it and you're good to go. That kind of thing was pretty helpful. That way we didn't have to think about fixing meals um, and it was just all, all set to go. And, and sometimes I've even had people, you know, stop by a restaurant and just bring the, bring the food by. That that kind of thing is okay as well. Um, and then uh, last thing that uh, kind of related to this is uh, some people did bring clothes uh, for us when we had, uh, you know, gone through the earthquake. And uh, a couple of things about that is uh, it was a little bit late. By the time they brought by clothes, we'd kind of already gotten some extras on our own already and... You know, I think it was like, uh, I don't know, like a month after the whole event, and they brought my clothes. Uh, And partly what was funky for me anyways was they brought these clothes, and it was in a giant trash bag. They brought in the giant trash bag and said, you know, we got some clothes for you. And that just felt kind of icky. It felt funky, like, you know, like we got some clothes, but they're trash. You can have these trashy clothes if you want. And And they weren't. They weren't trashy clothes, but... That was kind of an odd vehicle to bring those in. So that's kind of some of my experience around being in a crisis. And uh, as I went through that experience, I'm going to draw from some of that uh, just to help folks who are in a crisis today. Some of you listening to this show, you might be in a crisis right now. You could be displaced. You could be staying with some friends or family, or maybe you're in a shelter somewhere, and you're in the crisis and some of you are, are providing help. You know, you have folks in your home, you, your, your housing, to help them go through the crisis. And uh, I'm actually going to approach today's show from both perspectives, uh, drawing everything uh, that I can in here. And just so you know, I'm not an expert. I'm not a crisis expert. Uh, a lot of the stuff I'm still learning on my own and still kind of observing as I go through and watch how things go. Um, So it's not like, you know, I've got it all figured out. I'm just sharing my experience with you today and drawing from some of my expertise, and hopefully it can make the experience better for everyone who who are going through a type of crisis, uh, either today or in the future. So I've learned that if you are in a crisis, you probably aren't in your most resourceful state. And if that's you, give yourself some grace. (laughs) Sheesh, what do you expect of yourself? Uh, You know, just don't expect you to be at your peak performance. Uh, Just don't expect you to just pop back at work and expect things to all be normal. Um, You know, there's stuff going on, and uh, you're not in your most resourceful state right now. And uh, don't beat yourself up. You know, if you're not able to handle things as gracefully as you're used to, well, that's just the circumstances. So don't get into judgment of yourself. Just understand you're going through a thing and uh, just give yourself some grace. And if you are going in a crisis, if you're in a crisis, take care of yourself. So if you've been displaced, uh, it might be a while before you get to go back. And and I know that might feel kind of hard to hear, but it's possible it, it might be several weeks. Uh, before you can go back and for some of you that might be longer and uh, so now is the time to to take care of your physical needs to settle in uh, kind of set up some space for yourself you know if you've been living in somebody's uh, you know sleeping on their couch and whatnot you know set up a space in there for you uh, because you might be there for a while so we'll talk some more about this right after this break.
0: If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for The Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 1055. Learn how to increase your life's impact, unlock your potential, and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 1055. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour
2: meaning significance satisfaction connection you can have it all learn how on the impact hour wednesdays at 2 p.m on money 105.5 move through your world touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning listen to the impact hour wednesdays at 2 p.m on money 105.5 your impact matters you matter did you miss a show check out past shows at theimpacthour.com
0: You are listening to The Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live a life rich in meaning and
1: significance. Hey, welcome back to The Impact Hour. Today we're talking about managing in a crisis. And we're talking about from both sides of it. From when you are in the crisis, how do you manage that? How do you manage yourself? And also from the perspective of helping somebody who's going through a crisis. How do you do that really, really well? So just before the break, I was talking about if you are in a crisis, you probably are not in your most resourceful state. So just give yourself some grace. I know one of the things that I experienced uh, when I went through the 89 earthquake, it was actually hard to receive help from folks. That actually was hard. It was humbling. It was uh, people say, hey, we got some of this. You want some of this? I'm like, uh oh, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I, I don't need any of that. And that could have been pretty helpful. But a part of me just didn't want to be in need. I didn't want to see myself as a victim. I didn't want to see myself as, as having to need that kind of help. And so I didn't, I didn't want it, partly because of what I made it mean. You know, I made it mean that there's something wrong about me. I'm in a place I'm not supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be in need. That's not me. And uh, so I didn't want to accept help. But if you are in a crisis and help would be really helpful... Go ahead and and receive that help. It's a way where you can be a blessing to those who are helping. When others can help you, then they actually get back as well. And so it's a way that you can be a blessing to them. And if you're in need temporarily, that doesn't mean that's who you are. That doesn't mean there's something wrong about you. It's just the way things are right now. And just accept the help as it's offered. And, And just take advantage of that. If you're not in the most resourceful state, you might as well take advantage of some help. So if you're in a crisis, take care of yourself. If you've been displaced, it might be a while before you can go back and just settle into where you're at. And uh, part of that, I would say, is, is find a place that you can settle into for a while. So if you're bouncing around from house to house, if uh, you're at this friend's house and then you kind of feel like you're putting that on them, you know, taking advantage of their hospitality and then going to another place and going to another place, find a place that you can stay at, that you're not moving around so much, some place that's stable. And If you're in a crisis, having that stability is very helpful. So find that. Take care of your physical needs. Go get some clothes if you don't have enough right now. If you were evacuated and you don't have very many clothes, go get some clothes. And uh, I don't know what your financial situation is like, but if you can afford it, just go get some clothes. Don't wait for somebody to donate clothes. Uh, that can be helpful too, but just, just go get some clothes. Get what you need. Take care of that. And if you've been evacuated, uh, you might need to refill some of your medications. So go figure that out. Go figure out, do you need to talk to your doctor? Do you need to talk to the, to the pharmacy location? Find out if you need to refill your medications. Explain to them what's going on, and they'll likely be pretty happy to refill those so that you have what you need. And uh, and if your, if your pharmacy is like a, a chain type of pharmacy, you know, the ones where there's a bunch of, of uh, pharmacy stores all over the place, go to the local one and explain to them. They usually have it all connected on the same system, and they can, they can look you up and say, oh, yeah, I see this is what you're normally taking, and and then we might be able to give you some, uh, some of the medications and replace what maybe you don't have with you right now. Limit your news watching. If you're in a crisis, you probably don't really need to watch the news all that much, although you're probably really, really tempted to watch the news. You want to know what's going on, you know. What you know, a lot of you might be wondering is my house still standing or not, and uh, it might be very tempting to watch the news. But just know that the news probably isn't going to give you the information that you really want or need. It ends up over sensationalizing the story. I remember seeing on the news uh, a few nights ago, reporters saying the whole town is wiped out. And I don't know about you, but I hear the phrase "wiped out." I'm picturing no structure standing. And I know for a fact that there are structures standing. It's over-sensationalized. It's making the story bigger than it really is. And I know we experienced that during the earthquake as well. We had news reporters come up and look at our house that had fallen down, collapsed in the earthquake. And they said, oh, look, it looks like two houses collapsed and wrote down a few notes and left. And we're like, wait, no, that's all. That's one house. That's not two houses. And they didn't even bother to double check. They didn't even ask us. They just, you know, came in, reported some stuff and left. So the, the news, uh, for whatever reason, oftentimes tries to sensationalize the story to get more viewers, um, to make it more exciting, um, and, and try to, to do that, and it seems to sometimes that that gets in the way of accurate reporting. And so the news, the news can be over-sensationalized, over and it can be not so helpful, you know, you don't need to hear death toll numbers or number of burnt dwellings or how many acres the fire is. Um, you don't need all of that. A few few bits of information here and there might be useful. Um, there is a website. Uh, if you search CAL FIRE in, uh, in your web browser and search, that has very useful, accurate information, although I don't know if they update it that frequently. Uh, they update it at least a couple times a day, maybe more. Uh, at least as far as I look at it, but they show you know where the fire is, where the perimeters have been and uh, they show you what percent contained and just just some basic facts. And uh, I think that could be helpful. Also just note that just because your house is in the burned area doesn't mean your house is not standing because uh, the fire could have gone through and might not have burned everything. So So don't make assumptions about what is or is not. You'll just have to actually go look for yourself, you know, or have somebody, if you know a, a buddy who's up there fighting the fire, they might take pictures and let you know. Uh, but don't make assumptions about what's going on in there. Occasionally on TV, they will have uh, like town hall meetings and things like that where they got the fire chief and police folks and all these folks tell you about what's going on and where meetings are occurring and where the shelters are. That stuff's probably pretty useful. But the normal news, uh, I would limit that if that were me. If you're already stressed out, if you're already, your anxiety level is already pretty high, the news is not helping. And so take a break from that and uh, get information other ways. Give yourself a break. <laughs> you might also consider taking a break from work if your workplace is still around and uh, and, you know, they're saying, hey, you're coming out on Monday or whatever, uh, I would say, you know, right now, I don't think it's a good time for me to go to work. It might depend on the kind of work. You might have to assess for yourself where you are at. Um, but if it requires a high degree of concentration and uh, mental energy, you probably are not going to be too productive anyways. So just take care of yourself. Nothing wrong with taking some time off. You're in a crisis. Any employer who doesn't honor that Well, I don't know, maybe not the best employer to work for. Just note there are stress hormones and other physical processes going on, even if you've had nothing happen to you physically, because it's stressful. And you want you need to give your body a break, give your body some rest. You can if you can afford it, go get a massage. And just note that taking care of yourself is not selfish. Self-care is not selfish. So maybe some of you might be thinking, Oh, you know, I can't take care of myself. You know, I don't, I'm not that important. I need to be here to take take care of other people. Well, if you're depleted, you're not going to be that helpful for others. So take care of yourself. So I don't have a list of all the resources out there, uh, but I know if you go to the CAL FIRE website, uh, they do have a list of shelters um, and places where people are staying. Uh, you can report missing people and uh, connect with those folks. Uh, there's probably a lot of other resources as well. I know a ton of churches are wanting to reach out and be, be helpful. Um I know our church is wanting to have like a Thanksgiving meal prepared for folks who have been displaced who don't have families to go visit. Um, but check check around. Check local churches. Uh, check that Cal Fire website. Find out what sort of resources are available for you um, and see what's, what's helpful. And if you have family in the area, that's probably the best place for you to go. My guess is if you have family in the area, you probably are there already. So if you're in a crisis you probably have a whole lot of emotions coming up. Now, I know when I grew up, I wasn't taught how to feel. And I was taught that emotions just get in the way, those pesky things, uh, you know, those sometimes come up, but, you know, we need to get rid of those things quickly and and get past that, because that's not good, it's uncomfortable. Uh, And I found since that uh, that's not the best way to deal with emotions, and uh, if you have emotions coming up, it probably is a good thing to just let yourself feel those emotions. Might not be the best place everywhere to be able to experience those emotions, but find a place where that is a safe place for you to just just lean into it. Let the emotions occur. Let them flow through you. They won't last forever. What you want to avoid is this thing called Bypass. Bypass is you think, oh, well, I'm supposed to be grateful, so I'm grateful. Even though my house just just burnt up, I'm grateful. Well, that's fake. <laughs> that's totally fake. So don't fake it. Just uh, let the emotions flow through. And uh, they won't last forever. If you're angry, frustrated, if you're sad, if you're feeling hurt, just let them flow through. It's just energy that flows through And they won't take hold of you. They won't last forever. You're just letting yourself experience the emotions as they're coming up and just letting that happen. And that's the best way to process it. I've learned from experience. If you take that, if you take those emotions and put it in a box and put it away somewhere inside you, the emotions don't really dissipate all that much and they still get to be dealt with later on. Not great. So... Let yourself experience it now. In this, you might even be angry at God. And if you are angry at God, I'm pretty sure God can handle it. And he knows what you're feeling right now. You might as well go ahead and talk to him. And if you want to yell and scream and just vent at God, I'm pretty sure he can handle it. It's what's going on. It's what's real. It's what's happening with you right now. Go ahead and wrestle with him. Whatever you do, don't put it in a box and hide it away. Same same with any of the other emotions. If you're angry at God, just let it out. He knows. He'll listen. He's got you. So there's a difference between experiencing emotions and wallowing in it. So there is a difference. So if you are having emotions come up and you're letting those be expressed, experiencing them, letting them flow through, that's healthy. But if you are stuck and you're in a mental spin cycle and you're thinking about it over and over and over again, and that can happen with anxiety or with anger or or a lot of things, where you're just stuck in the emotion and you're, you're mentally replaying events, you're replaying your fears of what might happen, uh, just stuck in what I call a mental spin cycle, that's like just diving into the emotion and what I call just wallowing in the emotion. And I believe that's not as helpful. That's not as healthy. Um, that's actually building up the emotion and making it more and more. It's intensifying the emotions. And that's that's not a healthy way of dealing with emotions. Um, so just catch yourself if you're in, a, in something like that where you're just over and over experiencing the emotion over and over and over again and you're just mentally stuck in there, just, just to take a breath. Take some good deep breaths and, and go, okay, it's not, it's not all real, especially if it's fear. And we'll talk more about this right after the break.
3: He's on meds too. Call 800-444-2013, 800-444-2013.
1: I love these holiday parties. I'm gonna take off. I know what you're thinking, I'm feeling a little buzz, but hey, I only had a couple of glasses of wine, so I'm fine to drive home. I've drank a lot more and have driven safely.
0: Don't do it. Buzz driving is drunk driving, and it only takes one mistake, one time to suffer dramatic consequences. Hi, I'm Mike Chastain from the Chastain Law Office, and I literally wrote the book, How to Survive a DUI Arrest, What You Need. I want to save you from making a bad decision. But if you make a mistake and get caught, I'm here to make sure the holiday isn't completely ruined. For a free copy of my book, visit my website at ChastainLaw.com. That's ChastainLaw.com. The book is a great gift for you or anyone you know that drives, but the best gift you can give yourself and your loved ones is to arrive home safe. Hi, I'm Pastor Lance Hahn, and if you're without a
3: church home, I'd like to invite you to a weekend service at Bridgeway Christian Church in Roseville. We are a scripture-soaked, spirit-led community expectantly seeking transformation into our identity in Jesus. Our services are Saturdays at 4 and 6 p.m. and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. You can learn more and plan your visit on our website, bridgeway.church. That's bridgeway.church. We look forward to seeing you soon. My life turned upside down in 2011 and I had to rebuild from nothing. Scott made it his mission for me to be able to buy a home for my boys and me. The day I got the keys is a day I never thought would happen, but it did thanks to scott rojo
0: at premier lending they're not simply driven by profit but by making a difference in the lives of their clients and customers find your local manager scott rojo at premier lending scott rojo with a j and take the next step in making the american dream your reality scott rojo branch manager mortgage planner nmls 352874
2: since the moment you were born
1: i've made a thousand wishes wishes for your future In a world that's changing fast, for all of the things you may one day do, do play and laugh. Do win and lose. Do learn from your mistakes. And challenge yourself to grow. Do not be afraid or make decisions based in fear. Do it all with confidence and with kindness and strength. Do call your mom and ask her for advice. And always do your best to remember that no matter what you do in this life, what matters to me is that you keep doing.
2: I love you always, Mom. Inspire kids to do at 4h.org. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on The Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to The Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com.
0: If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for The Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 1055. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 1055. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Interrupting life as usual. This is the Impact Hour on Money
1: 105.5. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today I'm talking about managing in a crisis. and We're talking about it's just pretty timely with the fires that have been uh, going on in paradise and surrounding areas. Uh, some of you might be displaced right now. You might have been evacuated. Uh, you're staying with friends, family, or in a shelter. And some of you are wanting to help and support. And so today I'm talking about from both sides, how do you manage in a crisis? So if you are in a crisis, just before the break, I was talking a little bit about what happens if emotions come up. And I know for a lot of us, and it's certainly been true for me for the longest time, I've been wanting to, to squash the emotions, just you know stuff that, you know make that go away as quick as possible. It's uncomfortable. It's making everyone around me uncomfortable. But I really wanna encourage you to not do that. Find a place where you can just let it out. What if you just didn't have to hold it together? What if you could just let the emotions flow through and just do their normal, natural thing? Alternatively, you could stuff the emotions. Or another extreme is perhaps to just get stuck in the emotion and to just get in what I call a mental spin cycle where the emotion actually intensifies over and over As you relive, you know, thoughts over and over again, fears, anger, bitterness, whatever, and you just play those over and over again and intensify it. And uh, ideally, you want your emotions to flow through and not get lodged in your psyche. So if that is happening, take some deep breaths and just realize that uh, whatever is going on, it's natural, it's normal to have those emotions, but you don't need to be stuck there that you can just let that flow through. And for some of you, maybe it'd be a good time to pray. Also, just don't get into self-judgment and beat yourself up over if either you have emotions coming up or if you are stuck in a spin cycle and you're wallowing in emotions. Don't beat yourself up over that either. It just is. It's what's happened. Just take some deep breaths and, and just get out of it and just recognize it for what it is. A lot of you might be feeling a lot of fear and anxiety, and that's very normal and natural. A lot of our fears revolve around what might happen, and it's not after, not what has actually happened yet. And a lot of our fears, I forget the percentages, but I think it's something like 80 to 90% of the things we're afraid of never actually happen. So we are just in our fear and anxiety. So if fear and anxiety is coming up, honor it. If there's something you can do about it, maybe your fear is indicating, oh, I can do this thing about it. I can mitigate this fear. Do that. And if it's not something you can do, just recognize, hey, I'm feeling some anxiety right now. Just acknowledge it and let it flow through. And just like before, don't beat yourself up for it. Anxiety isn't bad. As long as you just let the emotion, just experience it and let that flow through, that is normal and healthy. And maybe you're feeling some sadness and loss. A lot of folks uh, who are going through this crisis are experiencing a lot of loss. And, and some of you might not even yet know what it is that you are, you know, are missing or losing. You know, there can be lots that uh, you would experience a loss over friends. Uh, over possessions, over community. And that's, it's normal and natural also to be experiencing a loss and to feel sad over that. Just let the feelings come. And it can feel like a lot. It can be a lot of emotions. And, it, and it's probably not just a one-time, oh, okay, now I've had my emotions and now I'm done. That's probably not realistic. Uh, it's, it can be a lot, a lot of emotions, and it's okay at the same time it can be a lot and okay too, both of those. If you're going through um, a crisis, a couple of the mindsets that I've talked about, applying those, uh, we'll go through a crisis and sometimes we'll make it mean something. So you're going through a crisis and maybe you make it mean, I don't know, all kinds of things. You can make it mean that uh, you know God's mad at you. Uh, You can make it mean that, uh, I don't know, God burnt the whole town because he's mad at you and you're responsible for everyone. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but I know I've been there. Uh, Start thinking thoughts like that. Uh, Whatever you're making it mean, look at it. Is what you're making it mean actually really true, or are you just assigning a meaning to it? In a crisis like this, there is the crisis, and that is traumatic just by itself, and then we pile on top of it what we're making it mean and making it even worse. If what you're making it mean is not necessarily true, it just maybe seems true, but it's not the only explanation for what's going on or why it has happened, you could probably assign a new meaning and at least take care of the meaning part. The crisis is enough to handle all by itself with having to pile on top of it. So just uh, just don't make it mean anything. It, it is and just manage the crisis. and whatever negative thoughts about why it's happening or what it means for your life in the future. Just set that stuff aside for now. It's enough just to deal with what you're going through. Another mindset is that it doesn't have to look a certain way. So some of you might be thinking about, okay, so where do I go from here and what's it going to be like and what do I do and do I rebuild or do I not rebuild? And you know, all of this stuff, all these options, and it's probably too early to be making those decisions already anyways. You really don't want to be making decisions when you're not in a resourceful state. Um, But know that the way things unfold might look totally different. It doesn't really have to look a certain way. So just hold that there's lots of options, there's lots of things the way things could unfold, and uh, if you hold it open for new possibilities things might turn out pretty awesome. Way more than maybe if you had kind of got stuck on it, it has to be this way or that way. And again, right now, it's pretty early to making plans. So just don't worry about that for now. But just don't get stuck on, I have to do this, and it has to be this way, and we have to do these things. Uh, you don't have to. It doesn't have to look a certain way. And you can stay out of the, the thinking of I have to or I can't. We usually have way more options than two. So if we're thinking we have to or we can't, we're basically telling ourselves we have one option, we don't have a choice, or sometimes we just narrow it down to two. I can do this or I can do that. And reality is when the time comes there will be lots of options available. Things that maybe even you can't think of right now just because you're in the crisis. So don't start thinking about and making plans now and saying, oh it has to be this way. So now I'm going to shift gears here and talk about those who are helping, people who are helping those in crisis. And we want to support people in need. It feels good. It feels like it's the right thing. It's a way to love on people. And if we want to make an impact in the world, this is certainly a way to do it, is to help folks get through the crisis. It can make a huge difference in someone's life. But it is possible to do harm while you're trying to help. And so I have some things today to talk about that will help mitigate some of those things. So the first thing is to just be aware. When you are in and around folks who are directly affected by this recent client, or not client, recent crisis, I don't know where that word came from. (laughs) Uh, So if your folks are directly affected by this crisis, just be aware of what they're going through and what they're experiencing. Don't start talking about, oh, I heard in the news the latest death toll is this and the number of down structures is this. That's not helpful for folks in the crisis who are going, man, I'm, I've got some folks, my, some of my friends, I don't know where they are. And then you bring up the death toll and they're like, ah, that could be my friend, you know, or, or down structures. It's not helpful right now. It just adds to the crisis that's already going on. So just be aware, be sensitive to what people are experiencing and where they're at. You know if affected folks are in your house, be mindful of what you put on the TV and uh, probably don't want to have the news on nonstop. Now I suppose if your guests want the news on nonstop then then okay, but you know don't you be putting it on when that's not so helpful for them. Just mention two folks in a crisis to limit the news watching and uh, if you can help to limit the news watching, that would be helpful so folks who are affected by this crisis are in the middle of a lot of loss, even if their house is still standing. So don't talk about hard it is, how hard it is to make new friends or how hard it is when friends move away and don't talk about how hard it is to find a new church, or how hard it is to build a new house. And you know, don't talk about that kind of stuff. They're already in in a crisis. In a state, there might already be pretty high levels of anxiety going on and just adding on top of it isn't helpful. Now, if you want to share, if you want to say, hey, I went through a thing and, and here's what I experienced and it's a way of connecting to what they're experiencing right now, that's a different thing than, than just talking about it and in just in, the, in passing in conversation you know, really connecting with folks. If someone says, you know, I think my friend's going to move away and I'm, I'm experiencing some loss around that, you can say, yeah, I, I had that happen. I had a friend move away. Here's what it was like for me. That's a different kind of interaction. If you're helping, don't wait for permission. Don't ask. Don't say, hey, tell, let me know if you need anything. These folks are not in a resourceful state. They don't know what they want right now. And normally they would. Normally they'd be very resourceful. It's not saying anything negative about them. It's just the state they're in right now. So don't say, uh, you know, just let me know if. Instead say, hey, I've noticed, you know, you're, you don't have very many clothes. Hey, let's go clothes shopping. Or I've noticed, you know, that, or maybe not even noticed, but it could be something like, hey, can I, can I bring dinner by tomorrow? So don't ask permission. We'll talk more about this right after the break. If you want a life rich in meaning,
0: if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for The Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 1055. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 1055. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour
2: meaning significance satisfaction connection you can have it all learn how on the impact hour wednesdays at 2 p.m on money 105.5 move through your world touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning listen to the impact hour wednesdays at 2 p.m on money 1055 your impact matters you matter did you miss a show check out past shows at theimpacthour.com
0: you're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great.
1: Hey, welcome back. Today we're talking about managing in a crisis. So on the Impact Hour, we're all about making a difference in the world, and a lot of us now are involved in folks uh, and helping folks who have been displaced who are in the crisis and the fires and just wanted to give some uh, general General tip, suggestions, uh, just things to be aware of, uh, things to make your impact amazing rather than just okay. And as I mentioned earlier, sometimes in our helping folks, we can actually do harm while we're trying to help. We could actually make it worse. And so we're going to go through some things to be aware of as you're helping folks to make that more amazing and, and hopefully not be doing harm. And of course, if that does happen, just say, oh man, I'm sorry I did this. You know, can you forgive me? And just clean up the mess. So don't beat yourself up. (laughs) That's not helpful. So it's talking about when you're helping folks in a crisis, they probably are not in a resourceful state. And don't wait for permission to help. And don't say things like, hey, let me know if, you know, let me know if, if I can help you with anything. They don't know. They don't know how you can help. There's too many things. What do they ask for? It's it's too much, and now they're starting to go. Okay, if I ask them, I know they've made an offer, but I'm really imposing on them. If I ask, is it really okay? Or are they just saying that to feel good? And it gets all this kind of funky weirdness. If you really want to help, just say, Hey, can I bring you dinner tomorrow night? Or Hey, let's just go to the store and get you some clothes, because it looks like you need some clothes right now. And you know, let's not wait for. You get back to your house uh, and get your clothes there if it's still standing. Let's just get some clothes now um, and see what's needed and ask if they're okay with you providing that. That does a couple of things. Uh, You're taking initiative. You're saying, hey, I noticed this need, and I'd like to provide that need. And you're asking permission, Then that gives them an opening to say, no, I'd really rather not. And that lets them go, okay, you know, I'm not okay with this. That way we're not railroading over the top of these folks, you know, and just providing stuff for them that they really don't want. And so check in with them first. And depending on the person, if you know them really well, maybe you know their personality tendencies, you might not even ask. But you'd have to know the person really well before you would do that. That kind of help is pretty darn helpful. From my experience, it's a... it's better for people to not ask of what they can help with, but to just jump in and just say, I'd like to help with this. I'd like to help with that. So when, when helping folks, just keep in mind your attitude in helping because what's going on in us, in our desire to help and our approach to the whole situation we, will leak out and the receivers of the help will know where you're coming from, even if you're trying to keep it secret. So I have this, uh, I don't know, this little blurb that I wrote up quite a while ago. I, I heard somebody, I don't know if they made it up or if they were reading somebody else's, but this is kind of a spinoff on that. So if it sounds kind of familiar to somebody else's, uh, I, I apologize. I'm not trying to rip anybody off. It's just, it, it's just kind of my own spin on it. So it says, today I fell into a pit. At first, I didn't want to call for help. What would people think if they found me in the pit? So I just waited a while to see if my situation would change. It didn't. I let out a little help. Maybe someone would notice. Eventually someone came by, noticed me in the pit, and told me that I shouldn't have fallen into the pit. Someone else also took notice and told me he was glad he hadn't fallen into the pit. And yet another told me that he thought he was better than me because I was in the pit and he wasn't. Another one came by to tell me that there is no pit and things would be better if I would just change my attitude. After prodding my situation a bit, someone came by with the ladder. He lowered the ladder, but wouldn't let me climb up. Instead, he insisted that he come down and carry me up out of the pit. After carrying me out, he told me that I was a poor, poor person who couldn't help but fall into pits. He hit me with the ladder as he turned to leave, and it knocked me back into the pit. I think accidentally. I don't know where the man with the ladder went. I think I heard him saying something about celebrating another pit rescue with some friends. I'd still like to be out of this pit. Someone came by and threw down some food and blankets into the pit. I was grateful for the food and warmth, but I'm still in the pit. Finally, someone came by and told me that I can get myself out of the pit if I was willing. He'd explain how. I said, yes, of course. He explained that if I will push my feet against the opposite sides of the wall, I can inch each foot up one after the other until I'm out of the pit. This way, if I'm in a similar pit again, I can get myself out. He waited, watched, and guided me as I got out of the pit, now, you don't have to fear such pits anymore. So, that little, little vignette, uh, some of it applies to the current situation, and some maybe not so closely. So, don't read too much into it. Um, but me, be mindful of your giving attitude. If you're giving grudgingly, that will leak out. If you're giving, but it's all about you, that will leak out. So, just be mindful where is your heart? Is your heart really there for the person to really be of service to them, or you're just wanting to help so you can pat yourself on the back? Where is it? There could be lots of attitudes. I'm just naming a few. And would do what you can to get your attitude in the right place before jumping out to help folks as much as you can. And if your attitude isn't in the right place and you recognize it, again, don't beat yourself up over it. Just go, oh, yeah, okay, that's where it's been, and let's make a shift. And just note that some help is longer lasting than others In the current crisis. There's some ways that can, we can help some folks and some ways that, uh, that probably not so, so possible right now. So, so folks are displaced. They're probably going to be displaced for quite a while for several weeks, maybe, maybe a few months, maybe longer. And, uh, you know, you probably can't rebuild their house for them if it's been burned. But uh, you could provide a location for them to be in for as long as they need until they settle into something a little more permanent where you're not telling them, oh, we've got two days and then you have to get out. But you can provide a location for them to know that if they want to stay there longer, they're, they're welcome. And that might be a deeper kind of help than just offering up some food and meals and clothing and, you know, satisfying temporary uh, needs, which is also needed that is needed as well, but just consider how it is you would like to help. When you're with people who are going through a crisis, give space for emotions. People aren't taught how to feel feelings. The folks you're with may want to start stuffing their emotions, and maybe you can ask them about it. Say, hey, it looks like you're feeling something there, and you know it's okay if you want to feel. And don't try to fix it. It's okay if they're feeling emotions. Even if you're feeling uncomfortable with it, just be okay being uncomfortable. Let them feel. It doesn't need fixing. They're not broken. Their emotions are healthy. And you can ask them how they are feeling. Maybe they're not sharing it. Maybe they're so good at hiding their emotions that they're just not bringing it up at all. And depending on your connection with them, your relationship, you can say, hey, how are you feeling right now? If I were in your shoes, I think I'd be feeling this. I'd be feeling that. Just open the door for them. Give space for them to feel their emotions. Help them feel heard and understood. Tell them what you're hearing them say when they're sharing with you. Include the meaning behind the words that they're sharing. Don't just parrot back the words they used. Kind of in a deeper space, you know, what are they actually saying? Is there a thing behind the thing that they're sharing? Is there something that you can kind of sense is going on in there? And ask into it. Someone might be sharing a bunch of stuff, a bunch of facts, a bunch of things, and you can go, you know, it looks like you're really worried about this. And that would be pretty helpful. And they would feel really heard. And think about if you were in their shoes, what would you be feeling? And share that with them. And finally, skip the silver lining. Don't tell people what they should be grateful for. Don't tell them what's good. All those things, the silver lining is there, but that gives a subtle message that what they're experiencing, what they're feeling is not okay. The best thing to do is just to share your own experience that relates to what they're talking about and say, yeah, I I get you. I've experiencing something like this and it feels this way. By sharing the silver lining, it makes it feel like they shouldn't be feeling or experiencing what they're feeling. I know that's not the message you intended, And it's so tempting to say, oh, but, you know, this is good here. And did you notice this is here? And, you know, oh, what's important is the people got out. That stuff is just not helpful. So thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Impact Hour.